I've had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. I think a bull might have been following him. I'm That's not right. sure. That's right. Wow. All right. So uh, we have quite a few questions. Before we get to those questions, uh, let's give you a way that you can contact us. You can email us questions at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. And uh, if you <laughs> – are you kidding me? You're going to tell me that I misspelled – it's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. <laughs> You did it perfect. I love Come it. Come on, Jerry. You are on it today. I love it. Come on, Jerry. Uh, and if you can spell that, you can actually find us in major uh, social media That's right. uh, outlets, uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I don't. You can figure it out for yourself. Twitter. And we have an awesome Snapface. website. There's yeah. lots of information on our website. Uh, Jared probably provided some of it, and then he probably punted most of the rest of it to mm-hmm. his fr- friend, as did. he did maybe earlier in the do. show. Not that we're yeah. calling him out for anything. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you can uh, my throat. you can contact us that way. You can also give us a call seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. You'll talk to a real person and uh, ask them your question. It will be read and uh, answered on the air. Or you can call us at our question hotline one eight five five four two nine nine one six six, and uh, that will. Uh, have a recording. You you record your question. We read it back, or we play, play it, it back on there. Yeah, and that's right. uh, answer the question. So uh, we do have one this week. Um, our good friend Bill Murray has uh, asked us. Most investors have accumulated a hefty treasure of unrealized gains uh, so far this year. Are they waiting until 2018 to realize gains, hoping for better tax treatment? Do you expect a January surprise? I, really, my short answer is. It's really difficult to manage for taxes. The way that most people do it is just kick it down the road. If uh, you don't have to pay it this year, a lot of folks like to uh, uh, do exactly as as you're saying, Bill, maybe whether they're waiting on uh, regulatory changes or not. Um, But, you know, this is a little bit different. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, talk about potential for changes, to be honest with you. Uh, We talked about it earlier in the show. there's been lots of promise, and uh, a lot has changed, as you said, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things is, though, the, the big ones seem to keep falling flat. Right. So uh, it's hard to say if we will get any sort of regulatory change. But um, Well, that's what I would say to Bill. I mean, I, look, it's, to me, it's completely speculative. Yes, there is that possibility, as there has always been, and maybe not as likely as it is now. But at the end of the day, I think unless you have – taken a lot of gains already in the year, then maybe you do wait because you, you don't want to, you know, really extend uh, 
at the, look, when we when we sell for gains, we tell people we, we set aside the proceeds, right? We don't want those tax decisions to drive the investment decisions. Right. And so at the end of the day, whether it's this year or next year, yeah, you might incur more tax this year. And if that's going to put you into a higher bracket, particularly the highest bracket, which would then affect the long-term capital gains rate that you pay, then maybe you do hold off until next year. But I think being that you're going to pay the tax either way, and, and sure, there's a possibility of it being lower, you know, we tend to plan for what we know, not for what we don't, uh, and certainly hope for the best. And, and so what a lot of times we'll do is m- maybe we take half the gains now and half the gains next year after we've given it some time to see how that kind of shakes out. But, look, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to speculate on what is going to happen with the tax code because that's exactly what it is, is, is speculation. And, you know, if, if these are long-term gains you're talking about, Bill, then those are not ones that are highly taxed right now, I would say relatively so. Especially um, if you're not in the top bracket. Yeah, exactly. And if for some reason you happen to be in one of the lower ones, for those of you that don't know, if you do happen to find yourself in the 10 or 15% bracket, you may not even pay any capital gains on uh, you know, ones that are long-term because that's a 0% rate if you're in one of those brackets. And so it really is circumstantial, too, depending on, like I said, what, what have you incurred year-to-date? If you have no capital gains taken year-to-date, then maybe it does make sense to go ahead and take some at the 15% rate. If you get lucky and that goes down some, well, then great. But at least you want to keep your portfolio in line, which is one of our main concerns sure. when clients do want to kick the can down the road, as you said, Troy, is that those, you know, let's say the, the companies continue to grow and these gains do then start to get exasperated, and now you find yourself with huge gains in a year that, you know, let's say these positions that you have gains in next year need to be sold because something happens and that you'd be better off not owning it than trying to minimize the tax. I, I would just go ahead and, and at least take part of it uh, at the at the rates where they are right now because I think they're still reasonable and then hope for the best and, and take the rest next year if that does happen. Uh, have we seen any any January surprises in the last, I mean, few years? Obviously, there's isn't, it's not a, a, a huge talk of tax reform every year, so that's maybe some of the question is generated from What's the expectation for the market? You know, is the market going to go down because everybody's going to try to wait until January to take their gains? Uh, and I think that might be kind of what he's getting at here is, is what's what's the market's reaction going to be um, if investors decide that it's a good time to pull money off the table, either for tax reasons or some, some other reason. I guess, yeah. you know, Troy, you can probably speak better to whether the January effect is a real phenomenon or if it's just kind of coincidental. Yeah, I, some people say that it's uh, it's an based in the well. Some folks say that it's based on the fact that uh, there's window dressing at the end of the year for um, for mutual funds and that sort of thing. Mutual funds become less and less of a of an issue as we go along. And uh, to that point, um, you know, if we're if we're talking about um, Making investment decisions based on taxation, again, you know, we'd rather not let the tax tail wag the investment dog. In fact, I've, I've uh, over the last few months, talked so much about uh, uh, valuation in the market and how uh, the market's selling at a premium. Your stock portfolio is very likely uh, out of balance when you've got technology that's uh, appreciated over 25%, while the overall market's up, uh, you know, 14 15%. So, uh, I would still encourage people to go ahead and rebalance, do what they can to get their portfolio back in line. Uh, what it's going to do is make you sell some of the winners, probably buy some losers, 
just to uh, rebalance your portfolio, I think that's probably a safer bet because you're you're then also um, very likely to be uh, averaging down the, uh, the the premium on your portfolio. I think it makes a lot of sense. The other thing before we leave this, now we're only talking about if you're dealing with taxes, it's only the brokerage accounts, your your taxable accounts that you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't invest in a, a a uh, active strategy where you're buying something that's not exactly the market. So you're not using exchange traded funds or, or low cost mutual funds that mimic specifically the market. Um, what do you think is going to happen this year? If if your ETF is up 16 percent, how many right. how many how many how much rebalancing might your portfolio need? Maybe minimal. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will tell you that when I look at the S&P 500, and I did this a few weeks ago, I looked at it again this week. Um, the S&P 500 made up of approximately 500 stocks. There's 505 at the moment. It's just um, some of its dual share classes and that sort of thing that are still represented. But uh, 127 companies trading on the S&P 500 are still negative year to date. So if you have a portfolio that's made up of stocks within that uh, within that yeah. index, uh, it's very likely that not everything that you own, even though it might be up. 14 or 15 percent, everything you own may not be positive. And I know that is the case with quite a few of the model stocks that we recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being the case, it gives you that opportunity to actually increase your your after-tax returns by selling those uh, those stocks that are at a loss yep. to realize that loss, sit out for 31 days, buy it back at the end of that 31 days, and uh, you've managed your tax bill lower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in that case, when would you want to take the the loss? Well, you, I guess, would want to take the loss when you have the bigger yeah. tax bracket, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and in doing so, you can offset some of the gains, you know, if you manage it precisely. So, uh, like I say, you know, something you can't do if you're if you're following the passive strategy, uh, where you just buy an exchange traded fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the on an index, generally the S and P 500, and you call it a day. So mm, that's just a, another advantage of the individual stocks over those types of passive index funds, um, especially obviously for a taxable account. In an IRA, you don't get that same advantage, but just it gives you a lot more flexibility to be able to control the tax situation, harvest your losses, decide when to take gains, you know yeah. that kind of thing. So. Um, obviously, now is a good time to start looking at what your tax sure. situation is. What kind of, you know, are you real close to being kicked into another bracket that may, you know, take some deductions off the table and that type of thing? Obviously, tax planning this time of year is very important, and you should get with your CPA and try to, to iron some of those issues out before we get to the end of the year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a good time to start thinking about that. Guys, we've had a lot of fun. Let's, uh, Press on with uh, what we've been dealing with. Some questions from listeners. Uh, we actually have one this week that is on our question hotline. So uh, let's hear from Felix and his question about Walmart. Hi, this is Felix from Marietta. I believe we'll see a strong shopping season during the holidays. While I'm not a market timer, I do believe in good stocks at opportune times. I'm looking at Walmart and Target, both companies that I could see holding for a long time. Any other stores I should consider? All right. There you go, Felix. Uh, I, well, I'll be honest with you. I don't really like to uh, make it make an investment decision on something so short term as 
you know, the holiday shopping season. But uh, I, I do like what's been going on at Walmart lately. Uh, they've really changed their focus uh, about a year ago, I guess. They started talking about uh, having bringing back the uh, department managers uh, so that they could have a little bit of control on what goes on within the, the uh, individual departments within uh, Walmart. They also made a huge push uh, toward e-commerce, and that's actually been working out. Their e-commerce sales uh, have uh, been up about 60% uh, in, in uh, recent quarters, uh, mainly due to the fact that they bought Jet.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, they add thousands of, uh, of uh, items to, uh, to their um, online e-commerce uh, website on, a, on a, just about a daily basis. So it's, it's growing. They're doing this to compete with mm, Amazon, Amazon yeah. and, and other uh, e-commerce uh, retailers. And if you look at what's been going on with a lot of the box stores, uh, a lot of them have been losing, um, losing when it comes to same-store sales over uh, recent quarters. Walmart's one of the few. I think there was their uh, same store sales were up 1.7 percent recently, um, as as many of the others seem to be just suffering from uh, um, either not having a presence or, or coming in too late with uh, e-commerce initiatives. So uh, a lot of good things happening with uh, with Walmart. If you look at Target, uh, they're also trying to move in that direction, but they they are among those that uh, that got quite a late start. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually make a make a comeback um, against uh, Amazon and now Walmart as well uh, in, in that space. But um, you know, yeah, I you like look for at the brick and mortar. I mean, uh, Walmart seems to be best positioned if if anybody's going to be able to compete with Amazon. Right. It seems like Walmart is is trying to go toe to toe. So yeah, they'd yeah. definitely be the, the better long term play, right? I mean, relative to Target, anyways. And <laughs> he asks, are there any other stores he should consider? I, I don't know. I mean, in that space, when you're talking about those two, is there other ones that you guys looked at? I mean, I know Walmart is one of our model holdings. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how does that compare to other peers? What are the other peers? Well, that's the thing is there's there's very few at this point. You get some specialty bigger bigger stores, but, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, Walmart can even cover those. Some of the stores that I do like, and it's one that we recommend to clients, is raw stores. And it's, it's a different model. Uh, they're not buying directly from the manufacturer uh, until it's kind of a, you know, they, they go in and, and buy up uh, wholesale items that, that uh, were overstocked or, or those those kinds of things. So you wind up, you mm-hmm. never know what you're going to find when you go in a raw store. Right. But reality is the discounts are deep and the brand, it's, it's brand name products. So uh, they have, uh, they've kind of got a, a spot that seems, uh, very well uh, defensible, I guess. Yeah, and you got to uh, expect that if we get into a bad economy, that that kind of model would hold up yeah, better than, than right. some of these, you know, uh, more more lavish retailers. Um, so it's a kind of a defensive play for a retail, you know, consumer discretionary type uh, holding. Right. Yeah. So uh, again, I mean, we like we like Walmart uh, not as much uh, Target, and uh, we believe that uh, Walmart's well positioned to to grow given the changes in the environment that we've had lately. All right, guys, we got a uh, few more questions here. Here's one. Uh, 
Donovan from Alpharetta says, I saw that Coach rebranded itself to Tapestry after the acquisition of Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman. Stock fell on the announcement of the rebranding. While I think the rebranding dip is temporary, I'm I'm unsure of Coach's new acquisitions. I don't think they really diversify the brand. Uh, They're still semi-luxury brands that uh, hit the same demographic as Coach. Uh, What is your outlook for the company? Actually, we owned uh, Coach. We recommended Coach not long ago, um, but we did move away, and I'll be the first to tell you we have not had the best of uh, successes in owning uh, things in the fashion industry uh, outside, and it's not so really surprising. Fashion. I mean, we're so fashion forward. Well, here's the thing, and not only well, yeah. uh, you and Jared at least clearly well, uh, like raw stores. You just said it. Yeah, mm-hmm. go in there, there you go. rack up. Yeah, R- you know? rack up. Rack How about up. That? See what you did. There. That's there's, a that's a, there's uh, a very well. We'll go there. Yeah, that was artful. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> uh, anyway, we the have luxury own, brand, Do luxury brands in general really do? I've not seen any luxury brand, brands like Coach really do that well across the board. I mean, they've had you know spotty, sporadic, uh, positive performance, but uh, they just seem the, the the tastes of those consumers seem so fickle and and hard to uh, hard to pin down as as to which one's going to be the best mm-hmm. six months from now. It's not so much. You can't look backwards for sure. And assume that uh, the recent winter is going to continue. Um, it's just know. so discretionary. Uh, you know, I mean, it it's is. like the first Absolutely. place to cut expenses yeah. when things get a little tough. Well, I will say, we've had Vanity Fair quite a long time. You know, VFC, VF Corporation, yeah. um, VFC's the ticker. And, and it's done well, but it's not at all, you know, the, the high end of fashion. We're talking about uh, Lee Jeans and Wrangler Jeans, um, uh, some of the other names. Well, they sell uh, to the majority, Jansport. right? I mean, yeah, exactly. They're selling to every man, not yeah. not, not the, the one not percenters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure that Coach is a one percenter, but uh, you know, at the same time, I I tend to uh, want to avoid uh, the space where I've been beaten up so badly in the past, and uh, and this is one of them. So uh, we look at it. It's it's uh, something interesting to watch, but. Uh, as far as coach and they're rebranding the tapestry, I don't necessarily understand that, but I'll be the first to tell you I'm, I'm not the marketing guy. Um, you know, it, tapestry is going to mm-hmm. be better than coach. I, coach, yeah, coach I seems like I a strong think. brand. I, I'm not sure. I've not been able to really find anything that made a whole lot of sense to me. Just a short time we've been able to read about it since this news came out. But, um, uh, you know, coach itself. Seems. Why, why did we get rid of it in the first place? I mean, I know it had not done well. Clearly, that was that a factor. Was, yeah. But but ultimately, the uh, I guess prospects for the future were, were they also bleak? Is that? Yeah. I mean, once once uh, consumer tastes seem to turn away from you, you you might have a brand for quite a long time. But growth is you know becomes questionable, and that's mm-hmm. exactly you know what happened here. So um, mm. you know when it comes to. To coach, yeah, you know, it wasn't – there was a time when every woman had to have a coach purse, right? right. And then Michael Coors came along and knocked them off that pedestal. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you who's doing it right now, but uh, the reality is it's just a really fickle space, one yeah. you've got to stay right on top of. It's not like technology where they're really solving an issue for you except for the fact that they got a cool-looking bag that you can hang on your shoulder. <laughs> And I commend yeah. commend you on that, Jarrett. That's an awesome. I got a nice one. There. You know? Yeah. Right. I mess around the way I spend my money. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I know. My I five mean, kids are going to know, that's right. know better. 
whenever they grow up. Two hot dogs for 50 cents (laughs) is a great deal. That's right. That's why I'm just going to be. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is the only stadium we're going to. They got the most reasonable. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That is absolutely. I I love that you brought this up. Let's hear it. Arthur Blank. That was a great idea, if you ask me. It might have cut his margins. It might have hurt things a little bit. But I think the quantity, it's kind of like what we're talking about here with Coach and Ross stores. You know, Ross probably does better because they're selling to every man. And while the margins might be smaller because they're selling so much more of it, it makes more sense. I think it's the exact same thing with the new stadium here in Atlanta uh, that, you know, selling the hot dogs for the reasonable price of what are they down there? I haven't gotten one. It's, uh, I think but it's, it's two bucks it's, for a hot dog. Yeah, what you might water. expect at a park. You know, I mean, it's not the six dollars that you find at some stadiums or something like that i i think it was actually a great decision personally yeah i agree uh having atlanta united probably helped a lot market up or down kc i'm gonna say up i'm going with flat wow oh man here we go all right money talks we'll see you next week All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.